seeking the Lord's blessing. Let's turn again to that chapter we read, Mark chapter 7. And we may take for our text this evening, uh, verse 9. And he said, that's the Lord said unto them, Full well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your own tradition. Full well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your own tradition. We are all very familiar with traditions. We all have them. Every country has its own different traditions. Indeed, within these very island communities of ours, there are different, sometimes different traditions from one part of the island here, for example, other parts. Even sometimes you find traditions from village to village, even to do with funerals and with death. When should a family go to church after the funeral of a loved one? Well, why should they stay away anytime? But then there's a tradition. Well, should they go here? Should they not go at that time? Who goes to a cemetery at a time of a funeral? Why don't, maybe more so now, but why didn't women go to the cemetery? Is that just a tradition with ourselves? In everyday activities, there were some things that were very traditional. For example, I know that with ourselves, where we came from, anyone who was going to go out fishing would never go out on a boat with a woman or even with a minister. It's just a tradition. Time to plant and time to harvest was, can be different. Time to cut peats used to be quite different in different places. Now, we all love our own traditions. But also we can have them in church life, even in this very congregation. There are traditions. The form of worship can be different in different places. We do follow, we pray. There is an order set out for us that we should try and follow or good order, but it can be different in different places, in different congregations, in different churches, different denominations. Why is it that we have usually six verses sung? Just a tradition. Why do we sit to sing? Just a tradition. Why do we take up the giving and the entrance into the church service and not as in other places, the plate, as it were, being passed around? Why is it that men are expected 
eventually to say a word of prayer in public. Within the church, what about our communion seasons? Why is it we only have them twice a year? Why do we need preparatory services? Why do we serve the Lord's table in the way that we do? Are all these things done in accordance with the word of God? Or are they traditions? Now, of course, particularly within God's house and the worship of God's house, good order is necessary and very, very important how things are done. And just because it has been done in a certain way always, that does not necessarily make it right. And neither does it make it, of course, wrong. You see, friends, as long as traditions are not usurping in any way whatsoever, the word and the worship of God, as scripture reveals to us, there is nothing wrong, and there's nothing wrong with traditions. They're not to be discarded just because they are old, and many of them are, are they not amongst ourselves? What our parents and our parents' parents did before us, what our church and our congregations have been doing for years. Many of the traditions we have, particularly within church circles and in our worship, because of the wisdom of our fathers. Surely that is important. For example, the preparatory services as well. You go somewhere else, they might not have any. Why do they have them just on the Lord's day and not other services? I'm saying is that some traditions, they are good and they are helpful. However long-standing they may be, that doesn't make them right in and of themselves, as long as they're conformed to the word of God, they should not be and need not be cast aside. But there is a danger, and what is the danger in some traditions? Well, very often they're in danger of being put on an equal footing with the word of God, an equal footing with what scripture teaches at times. And so keeping them is considered as part of what it is to become a believer, for example. Don't need to go into the details of that. Should sure you know what I mean by some of these things? And I know, of course, some may not articulate or express it in these terms, but I fear it may nevertheless be so with some. Certain things would be expected. Well, they've only been coming to prayer meeting for a week or two, even as they're Christians, they shouldn't sit at the Lord's table. That may be good enough, but is that biblical? All these kind of things that can be with us. And here the Lord Jesus is addressing uh, this issue with the Pharisees, how they were bringing things in that were not in accordance with the word of God. And you're rejecting the commandment of God, the word of God, that may you keep your own tradition. You see, for the Pharisees, of course, it was all about merit. It was about works so that they would be accepted by God, gaining by what they did. And of course, what they did not do, 
either. And so the Lord is addressing this. You see, the favor of God and grace was not how they saw salvation. The Pharisees were dependent on being Pharisees and keeping to the traditions that they always had. So, friends, beware of having a Pharisaical spirit in ourselves in these matters. And you here tonight, you may still not be converted. So we confess some of us were in the past. We may always have attended the means of grace, as you are doing, going through the motions. But at the same time, just it's the done thing, and you leave your heart, as it were, at home. And even church attendance can become nothing but tradition. Well, friends, to address tonight the danger of these things, as I said, some of the traditions are good, and some of them are even biblically based. But they must never usurp the word of God. First of all, and the first point here is the negativeness of tradition. We see that in verses 2 to 5, how they were here and the Jews, the Pharisees saw some of the Jews, the, the disciples, they were eating bread with defiled hands. They hadn't washed their hands. And why aren't they holding the tradition of the elders? Well, where did all this come from? How did they have this? Where did they find this in Scripture? Well, generally speaking, of course, the Pharisees were outwardly religious. They were always on a religious side to them, and largely they kept the law of God. But their problem was, of course, that they added to God's word with what was nothing but their own traditions. And that's where the danger was lying particularly. Indeed, it is said that they, they, those who count these things and know them, that they added over 600 different laws to the word of God which they then elevated them, as we see here, they elevated them to the same level as the scripture itself. And so over time, these laws became accepted, became of equal value to them as they came added to down the generations. And so there was always being added to the word of God, equal value to the declared word. And here is something they're doing regarding washing. That people were, the disciples were eating, they were saying they weren't washing in the way that they should have done, washing of their hands before they eat. And so what is done here is, it is, it is adding to the requirement, of course, of ceremonial washing that the priests serving God would have in the tabernacle and temple. And so here, the Lord is saying to them, well, that Isaiah prophesied of you, Hebrews verse six, this people honored me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, laying aside the commandment of God. You hold the tradition of men, washing your pots and cups and many other such like things. And yet you are rejecting the commandments of God that you may keep your own tradition. There is that aspect to it, friends. It's a negative thing. Some things are good, but here is the, 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 the Pharisees showing what is not good. And what is not positive about it? We know, of course, ourselves that one of the greatest uh, 
denominations, the largest denominations, whole tradition, uh, as being in a par with scripture is, of course, the Roman church. You know how they are, that faith alone is not enough for them. They believe in the traditions as necessary for salvation. They believe in, 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 in the infallibility of a pope. They believe in Peter being the first pope, Mary as an intercessor. They believe in praying to the saints, believing purgatory, no salvation outside of the Roman Catholic communion. They believe all these things. These are all traditions, things they've added to the word of God. None of these things are Bible-based doctrine. And well, you say, well, I would never do that. I would never go along with these things. These are obvious nonsense. I would never go along with these things. These things are of no consequence. Whatsoever. I believe that. Well, my friend, you may think like that. And that is so. And you might not go along with some of these things. But are you sure tonight that you haven't taken on board other traditions and seen of them as it were vital to be saved? Are you sure you are not taking on things that are more than what scripture requires of you? For example, you're here tonight, and it's good that you are. Good that all of us are gathered in a place like this. But ask yourself, is it honestly you've come here tonight because you want to hear God's word? Are you here tonight because you want to hear that word applied to your own soul to get spiritual benefit from it? Or is it because you've always done it? Because it's a done thing as a family. Is that as far as it goes? To be in church, of course I'll be in church. Of course I go on the Sabbath day to church. We've always done it. My father did it. My grandparents did it. Of course we'll do it. And that's as far as it goes. In other words, friends, don't let just being here tonight just a tradition that you're keeping up. No, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing in and of itself. As I said earlier, some traditions are good, and this is where everybody should be, far more than that here tonight. But at the same time, don't let it be just that. Beware of it, of traditionalism and ritualism like the Pharisees, instead of seeking true piety and holiness and mercy and forgiveness. There's a danger, friends, in some traditions. Somebody has said many traditions, sadly, accumulate much rubbish, and all they do is conceal the truth under them. And how that can be. May that not be so with yourself tonight. You see, friends, a religion of outward, external observation only will produce nothing but a slumbering soul that will eventually have you open your eyes in a lost eternity. Make no mistake about that. You cannot stand at the judgment seat of God and say, well, I always went to church. I always did the right thing. I didn't do this like some others did. You may, over years, have attended and hardly missed a service. And yet, if all it is is tradition, that will not save you, my friend. It will never do you spiritual good. You see, it wasn't that the Pharisees didn't know the scriptures. They knew the scriptures very well. They were trained in these things like the scribes as well. They knew the scriptures. You might know the scriptures. Surely you've been coming here over years or however long you know something of the scriptures anyway. And you might be like the Pharisees at the same time. 
and they knew the scriptures. They could quote all the prophets, but they didn't apply the truth to their own lives. And that's it, friend. Applying it to yourself. Applying it to your own life is what is necessary above all else. Can you say tonight that that's what you're doing? That you're here tonight and every time you come, you are seeking to apply the truth to your own life. I pray you are. And I believe some of you are seeking the Lord truly here. And I don't want to discourage anyone, but I would just say to you what's important. And if you're here this evening and you're so steeped in traditions that it comes between you and your soul's need, you need to cast away your traditions and trust only in the Lord. Oh, we can't be. The story is told. I read a story of a, of a, of a, a Jewish rabbi who many years ago was imprisoned. But every day he was in prison, he was looked after in that he was given some food, not a lot, a lump food and a cup of water. But eventually the man faded away and they couldn't understand why. And they discovered when he died, and found out from others, he died of lack of water. Not that he wasn't getting any every day, but the water he got, he wouldn't eat his food until he had washed his hands with the water in the cup. It was his tradition. And in the end of the day, it was his end. My friend, don't let tradition be your end. Beware, beware of dead traditionalism. And remember this also, there is another one who loves tradition. Any kind of tradition he loves. Who's that? That is the devil himself. And he is very happy and content at all times if he sees you having nothing but tradition. If he sees you having nothing but just turning up and going home and that's it. If he sees you doing nothing but relatively, outwardly at least, keeping the Sabbath day, I think you're doing well. That is fine. He's very happy with that. Can that be, friend, something that's true of yourself? Is that as far as it goes for you? Beware then of tradition and the negativeness of some and many traditions. But then we look secondly also at the danger of fault finding, being like the Pharisees in another way. Finding fault with others. Read in verse 2, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with the defiled and washed hands, they found fault. And so they go on. They found fault. You know, friends, how easy it is for us to find fault. How easy it is for us to point the finger at others. I remember a man in Sky. He was in my congregation in Sky. And he was down with us in Edinburgh that infamous night, sadly, of the sad time of the split in the church. But oh, he was so strong, traveled all the way down to Edinburgh. So strong against those who were suspending some of us. He was so angry against any talk of changing the way that seems to be of the way that he used to go to church himself, the way that his father and others went. He found fault with everybody. As a matter of fact, he was furious and he spoke angrily at a, at a meeting, not in the assembly, but elsewhere. And he was really so bitter against these people. 
And you know what, friend, yet as far as I know, he died and never came to faith. He had all the traditions and stood up for them. And I am sure, I'm quite sure I can safely say that that was not all the case of some on the other side to vilify that night, who I believe are tonight in glory, despite being different from us. But what I'm saying is the danger, friends, of just having nothing but forum, an outward forum, finding fault in others, just like the Pharisees were doing here. Beware, friends, of that Pharisaical fault-finding. It happens, it happens in this congregation. It's one of the sad things that you come across. It happens in every congregation. It certainly happens in this congregation. Fault-finding. Pointing the finger at others. Showing what they are going wrong. What's it all about usually? Elevating self. And there's a danger of that. Just being like the Pharisees. This is what is brought before us here. You see, notice what they're saying here in verse 5. They didn't say that it was against Scripture what the disciples were doing. He says, why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders? You see there? It's about the tradition of the elders. Whether it was anti-scriptural, but against our tradition, what we used to do. And so they're finding fault with them in that way. Do you see then why the Lord Jesus says elsewhere to them in verse 13, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. Through your tradition. Tut-tutting at people, at the disciples for not doing what they did and what the fathers before them had did, but never showing where they were being unbiblical. And my dear friends, be aware of that as well. When you find fault with others, Make sure that you are doing it in the right spirit in the first place, but also in accordance with the word of God. For nothing else will do. Maybe you're here tonight, whatever your spiritual state, and you're someone who tends to be like that. And there are people like that, always pointing out the faults in other people, always finding fault with deacons and elders and other members and ministers, and always finding fault with other denominations and congregations. And sadly, friends, there are times for good reason to find fault. But dear friends, before you and I start throwing stones at others, remember the teaching of the Lord, the hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the moat that is in thy brother's eye. You see the danger of of elevating these things. They're not doing it as we do it. Maybe not, but is it unbiblical? Is it unscriptural? And finding fault with others, individuals and in our denominations and other uh, people around you. And some people, you know what it is sometimes? It's a weary something at times. And I have to say that often as Ministers, sure also others, but certainly it can be so wearisome. When you go somewhere, try and have a spiritual conversation with some, and all they can talk about is finding fault with others. 
try and speak about their own spiritual state. Ah, but you see, and they're not like so often people, and we have to be aware of this ourselves. Remember, the Lord spoke what the other man giving about. I thank God. I thank thee I'm not as other men. That the spirit finding fault like the Pharisees. Friends, before any of us find fault with others, before any of us open our mouths in criticism, remember this. You'll not be saved by finding fault with anybody else. You'll not be saved because you may be in a church, this congregation and this denomination that is relatively more faithful to the word and practice biblical worship in the way that you feel is right. That will not save anyone except you have Christ as your savior. You will be lost as the most, you'll be as lost as the most pharisaical Pharisee you've ever come across or ever heard of. My friends, it's easy to be critical. It's easy uh, to be finding fault. It's easy to be angry with what is seen at times going on in our denominations who seem to be moving away from biblical words. Sadly, many are. Let's not say otherwise. Badly, many are. But my friend, you remember, if you're here tonight without saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, God is far angrier with you than you can ever be with that church or denomination or professing Christian that you look at and you find fault with. In your estimation, they may be pharisaical in many of their ways. Your first concern and mine must always be myself and my relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Not about worrying about others, but what about me? What about you tonight? If this was your last night, where would you go tonight? If this was your last service, would you expect to go from this service being so uh, traditional and having come once again as you've done for so long? And this is it. And to stand before the judgment seat saying again, I say to you, well, I always went to church. It was a done thing for me. You see, friends, it's not about as this person worshipping as he should do. Is that denomination being as faithful as they should do? Your first priority must be between yourself and the Lord. And if you are of an angry or a critical spirit tonight. You know what you need to do? Turn it on yourself. Aim it at yourself and your own sin, first of all. That's when you must begin. So I say to you, friends, the danger of finding fault like the Pharisees. It's a fearful thing. It's the saying, it's no, he's a Pharisee. It's not a light thing. It says much if it is true of you or I. Well then, so thirdly and finally, what then does the Lord require of us? Well, of course, it is not to keep traditions. Full well, you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. 
the commandments of God, keeping his word, keeping his law by grace. Here we see the Pharisees, such law keepers in their own minds, breaking a fundamental law of God. And that's the example that the Lord gives from verse 10 downwards. It is, honor thy father and thy mother, as were the fifth commandment. But they are saying, well, it's Corban. It seems that this is uh, the idea that, well, we cannot, we cannot look after our parents if the older parents, the idea here, we cannot look after them because we're called, we're tithing, we're giving to the cause of, of the church. In other words, making an excuse. And why were they doing this? Seeing this as more important because it's a world's religion. And that's what's behind the thinking behind it of giving. And so that is most important. And at the same time, as the Lord is pointing out, they are breaking up the fifth commandment. That's so typical, you see, of the Pharisees, picking and choosing what suited themselves. Is that familiar to yourself? Or the danger of picking and choosing parts of God's word that suits ourselves. Well, I don't do this. I'm not so so good at keeping that that commandment, but but I keep all the rest. I'm not very clear about that and so I just leave it alone but look at what I do elsewhere and what I don't do my friend the pharisaical way of picking and choosing and before friend you find fault I wonder how often you and I pick and choose in that way what we will obey of the word of God and yes it may well be that you are putting tradition ahead of the word of God. Oh, church attendance, relative law-keeping, traditions, is not what is required of us. It's not what is required first and foremost of us. You see, friends, we can all come into our churches and into our worship with our bowed head and our holy look. And we can all have this outward form about us and our hearts being hard as stone. And if you don't have Christ in your heart, you're no different from the greatest, worst Pharisee you can even think of yourself and find fault with others. There is so much danger in an outward form. What does the Lord require of us? Church going, yes. Bible reading, yes. Prayer, yes. But the Pharisees did all that. None of that was out of the Pharisees' uh, experience. They lived in that way. You see, what is required? What is the Lord then required? Not the outward form. But we have it summed up in that well-known Proverbs 23, 26. Son, daughter, give me thine heart. That's what's required. Not the outward forum. Not the tradition. Give me thine heart. That's what's needed for us, friends. Keep your traditions. Keep your former religion. Keep your indignation at the faults and finding fault with others. Stop us. We have it again in in Malachi, stop wearying me with your words. Give me thine heart. And that, friend, is what you must do tonight. 
And this is what I must do, and all of us must do. Give me thine heart. And I ask you tonight, is this speaking to you this evening? Is this world speaking to you this evening? Never mind what you think of me. Is this world speaking to you tonight? Is this addressing your situation? Whoever you are, do you recognize yourself in this? I can say this to you, friend. Whatever has been true of you up to now, maybe you have been a Pharisee of the Pharisees. You can leave that behind by giving the Lord your heart tonight. Oh, that sounds very Arminian. I don't care if it does. It's scripture. Give me thine heart. Turn to the Lord. You here tonight who are not as yet, put your faith and trust in Christ. Look beside you, behind you, front to you, and you'll see those who are once as you maybe are now. Pharisees. Oh yes, we all still have a bit of the Pharisees sadly about us. But if we have given our heart to Christ, if we have come to him and put our faith and trust in him, that's everything. And his blood covers our sins and we know forgiveness. But you see, what has happened here is God giving us a new heart. And that's the difference tonight between those here who are Christians and those who are not. God has given them this new heart and a new desire and a new love for Christ. Oh, they love the means of grace. They love the traditions that are biblical. But above everything else, they love the Christ of God who has saved them. And every believer here tonight will put their amen to that. Of course, we love some of our traditions. Nothing wrong with them as long as they don't come between us and the world of God. And friend, you pray for that new heart tonight. Forget finding fault with others. Forget saying, oh, well, that denomination there and this congregation there and that so-called Christian there, forget it. You have yourself dealt as you ought to before God. Never mind depending on these Good works as so many do. But cast yourself tonight upon the mercy and the love and the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way to be saved. This is what is required of us. The Lord says here in verse 6, Well, let the Sires prophesy you hypocrites. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Oh, my friend, I pray, I pray, I pray that that would not be true of you tonight. That your heart would be far from the Lord. Cast yourself upon him. Don't reject the commandments of God. And just keep your own traditions. Friend, tonight, Christian or not a Christian, and I speak to myself, think about these things regarding Pharisaical spirit and the place we give to tradition in our lives. Fine.
but let it not be more important to you than the word of God. Son and daughter, give me thine heart. Let's pray. Lord God, thou knowest every heart within these walls here, as thou knowest every person in this world. But particularly tonight, we pray for ourselves here, that thou would remove from us that pharisaical spirit that is far too often seen and heard amongst us. And help us, O Lord God, to be humble before thee and realize our need of repentance and to seek the Lord now, now while he is to be found, and asking forgiveness for our years of uh, rebellion and our years of pharisaical spirit, and depending on tradition rather than on the finished work of Christ. Oh, blessed Lord, we thank thee that here in this garden there are those who have come to taste and see the mercy and the goodness of God. May it be true of every soul here, from the youngest to the oldest, who are willing and able to save to the uttermost. Lord, won't thou do so here this very night, for Jesus' sake. Amen.